Welcome everyone to Streams After Midnight. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tim. Number one. <laughs> You're always number one in me, Tim. <laughs> always. This oh. is our horror movie podcast where we usually watch a movie and talk about it. But uh, as is tradition, at the end of the Octoberthon, we like to do a countdown. And I have to admit, we have to admit a little bit of defeat here this year because mm -hmm. I just assumed for most of this year that, oh, you know what, we did top 50 of the 2010s last year. We'll just do it again for the 2000s this year, you know, 2000 to 2009. <laughs> we'll do a, do a top 50 of that decade. Only to find in the last couple of weeks that when I went to actually look at what I'd seen from the decade and made up, make up the list, that mm -hmm. I couldn't... E I mean, I've seen more than 50 horror movies from the decade, but in sure. terms of ones I like, I couldn't even... <laughs> like, like I, th th this is going to be a top 20. I mean, it's in the title, so you can see it's a top 20, but that's because... <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it's just because we've seen less horror movies from the 2000s, so there's a lot more gems to, like, go find, or... Well, mm I mean, I would just say it's probably, it probably wasn't a, a great decade. Yeah. Because, uh, uh, yeah, like, when when you message me and say, uh, yeah, it's not going to be 50, like, I think by that point I was up to a list of about 45 or so, but, like, yeah, it was going to be a lot of, you, you know, me starting sentences with going, uh, all right, well, listen, I'm not crazy about this movie, <laughs> yeah. but out of what we have you know <laughs> so it kind of got well down to 25 and then honestly once i kind of tried to assemble that i was like you know it really should be 20 just to make sure they're <laughs> actually all movies that i like and have nice things to say about um, sure. and i don't know maybe we, we kind of underestimated just how good the 2010s were I mean, and don't get me wrong i think the fact that we were actively doing a horror podcast for the last half of it so we we're seeing perhaps more than we normally would have otherwise because mm -hmm. we were seeking them out for the show Maybe that's part of the reason, but maybe it's just that, yeah, there was actually a lot of good horror in the last 10 years, so we should count our lucky chickens that, <laughs> that you know, just there's a lot more good horror out there. Even if there's a lot of bad stuff too, there's a lot of good stuff. <laughs> and, you know, because I, I, I also looked at the 90s and seen, like, can I can I do top 25 of the 90s? And I couldn't even get to 25 of the 90s. 90s was not a good decade for horror. There's Ooh, obviously some no. good stuff, but not a lot in quantity. Quantity. Yeah. Mm, and so. uh, I, I will say, like... I mean, once we get down to it, like, uh, to be fair, my top five, um, is like also stuff that like, I I could see in the like top five or top ten of like my all time favorite movies. Like the like the ones that are good are really really oh, good. Oh sure, like, yeah, I I think that's true for the nineties, maybe to a less extent as well. But the idea mm -hmm. that yes, the stuff is at the top of the list is very much some of the best stuff that. You know, if you can go back and check our top 100 that we did in like 2017, mm -hmm. I think we did that. Uh, which obviously would need some updates if we did that again. And I'm sure we will at some point. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you go back and look at our top 100s that we did then, yeah, there's, there's, some of these movies are on that list uh, for both of us. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, without further ado, we're going to get into this. Uh, the way this works, if this is the first time you've seen a countdown from Streams After Midnight, is that Tim will give his number 20. Uh, explain it a little bit, talk about it, and then I'll give my number 20 and explain it, and then we'll just alternate back and forth until we've both done all 20. So mm -hmm. buckle in, fasten your seatbelts. This is a top 20 horror movies of the 2000s. Tim, what's your number 20? Yeah. Uh, that would be Freddy versus Jason. Um, mm -hmm. So a, a little bit of a you know caveat, like I can't necessarily say that this is a, a great movie, but... 
it there is just something about the spectacle that makes it so much fun and like um yeah it's uh yeah definitely <laughs> could have been better uh, in a lot of ways but i mean just to finally see it happen and yeah to have some fun and some kills and get you know possibly like you know some last performances like you know from like you know these great i uh, have very iconic characters and everything like uh it, it's hard not to have like some love for it even though it's not as great as you want it to be but still there's yeah a lot of fun and stuff in there and again just another one that's kind of like wow <laughs> at least it did finally happen <laughs> it finally happened <laughs> i mean i enjoy it. i mean we reviewed this earlier in the year mm-hmm. and it's it's got a lot of things to like about it but it is not a good movie and there's a lot of things right. to, <laughs> to complain about too uh so uh and if if tim is making caveats and he's number 20 imagine what he was going to be saying <laughs> for number 50 if we'd forced us all the way to 50 so yeah. i don't really like number 45 but i had to get to 50 so here's uh you know parallel activity 2 it's okay <laughs> i didn't hate it therefore it's here um oh fine, fine pick, fine pick. Yeah. of course it's going to be funny in the apparel activity to actually the shopping your list in like five entry style um my number 20 is a movie that i know tim doesn't like and it, I, you know and I, I guess i'm caveating this here as well but and i know this isn't a great movie but for some reason i really like the collector okay <laughs> you know i i i unashamedly enjoy that movie uh you know it's about a a criminal who's breaking into a house because he has to get money for his daughter and when he's there he finds out that this this evil serial killer called the collector has basically already broken in and started torturing the family and he becomes the hero trying to save this family from this 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 mass psychopath um yeah, the direction's over the top and saw level and there's things to not like about it, but I don't know. It's just a really simple good premise that I think at a simple B-movie level I really get into and enjoy. So, Collector's my number 20. Yeah, it, and uh, it does have a, a a fan base, so I know you're not the only one. Yeah, I'm not like huge on it, but yeah, I've definitely seen people that like it. Just, huh? Yeah, just, I don't know, when, when I watched it, it didn't do anything you know, for me. Um, I, I think they're still trying to make a third one. Uh, so yeah, because they have to re-examine the trilogy when it comes out. Yeah, what's the set? Because oh, the second one wasn't as good, but it was okay. Uh, it was called was it yeah. the collection? I think the second one was called. I believe so. Yeah. yeah. So what's the third one going to be called? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> the the co- collectors is going to be a second killer. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> number nineteen. Uh, so I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I I don't think we did an episode on this uh unless i'm mistaken but i don't know if we've talked about it, so i'm not sure if this is a movie that you like or not uh, but my number 19 is uh pontypool have you seen that one i have seen this and we have not done okay. a review on this so i'm sure someday we will but uh yeah yeah tell just us, tell uh, us about it it's just a, i think a really interesting uh idea for uh a different take on a zombie movie where uh, essentially the whole movie is uh inside this like radio broadcast so it's this guy who's you know broadcasting during the zombie apocalypse and and the like cool mechanic of it is it, it kind of starts to manifest like one like uh you show the signs of it when you start like kind of just saying like gibberish and not making sense so 
you know, there'll be like like a lot of characters uh, who'll just like be talking, and then all of a sudden they'll say something kind of like off or that's not normal, and then you're starting to get the sense of like, oh, they might be, yeah, turning, and it's just a uh, really creative and you know works uh, a lot with, you know, uh, not very much, but just uses it very, uh, you know, effectively, and uh, yeah, it's just a really cool, interesting movie. Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it when I saw it. It was, it was actually this was this this is a specific period of time in my life that I remember where we'd switch to HD and Blu-rays, right? But mm-hmm. renting via the, the the post system, right? It wasn't mm-hmm. Netflix here; it was a cold love film. But you know, you you get your your queue and you get the disc. Sure. So I, this was when I rented. Uh, so I actually rented the Blu-ray for this, uh, which is a really short window in time because it's obviously it wasn't that long after that where you know streaming became such a thing that that mm-hmm. kind of just died out, but. And yeah, I was like, well, I'm just gonna say too. I was also shocked that um, this was in the 2000s because I I don't think I saw this until like way later. And oh, I sure. think it's one people talk about now, and I think it's streaming like uh you know in a couple of different places. But like, yeah, I I would assume like oh yeah that was like probably what 2015 2016. And then when I looked, it was like you know, 2008 or 2009 or something. I was like, oh wow, I did not realize it was that old. Yeah, no, it's a. Uh, I don't know if I loved the uh, like the ending, but I I did love mm-hmm. a lot of the you know the, the the sort of the building, the idea that you get these different calls in and start to build a picture of what's happening in the world. Yeah, uh, from this uh, fr- from the room. Um, I don't know if I necessarily liked what what they kind of like pivoted into in terms of what the virus actually is. I thought that was maybe mm-hmm. a little bit like much, but mm-hmm. you know, that nah, was good. Like it was definitely something that stuck with me. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, my number 19 is a cheery, uplifting film by the name of Mars. Now, <laughs> before... <laughs> so, this, this this movie is notorious for being unrelenting and brutal and, like, it's, it's, a, it's a French film uh, that... Or is it Spanish? It may be Spanish, actually, now I'm thinking about it. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a while. I, I, I think it's French. I'm pretty it's sure. French. Uh, so it's, it's it's this brutal film that starts out with these characters who are breaking into a house and there's like a little bit of context for it, but then it becomes about there's something else completely where... I don't want to get into like plot details because I do believe you should go into this cold, but there are some really sort of like disgusting and vile kind of like torturing going on. And I wouldn't even necessarily call it quite torture porn because it's not like... It's not over the top in like a saw way or a hostile way. It's very kind of just evil in a, a human way <laughs> and yeah <laughs> uh, it's it's one that kind of stuck with me but i remember being very tense and just being super into it the whole time and it's one of those things where i watched it not knowing anything if i, I think it's another one that i rented clearly there's movies from this mm-hmm. earlier sort of mid to late 2000s that were in my rental uh disc period but mm-hmm. i remember watching this and just being like really super enthralled with it not knowing going in what anything was or what it was about and just the reputation that it has online afterwards, where I was seeing people who were like vomiting watching it and like discussing <laughs> it and recommending people shouldn't watch it because you'll you'll like regret like putting yourself through it. And I'm like, I don't think it was that traumatic to watch. Like maybe it's because I watch a lot of horror movies, so it was like, yeah, it's it's, it's definitely more brutal and unrelenting than a lot of yeah. others. But it's definitely it's, it's about people who are held captive and just the awful torture they go through. And uh, but it, it definitely stuck with me, and I was I was you know feeling like on edge watching a lot of it and especially as it was starting to unfold and kind of the when you find someone in the house and with the the condition they're in 
and mm-hmm. the, the sort of feeling you get from them, I thought that was super effective. And I'm saying it as vague as I possibly can. So yeah, yeah, I remember. Um, I I, I blind bought this on DVD uh, because, like you were saying, it just it had such a reputation at the time. Where like I, I don't know if people still talk about it, but yeah, there's definitely a period where you know I I, I don't know if it was like people I talked to online or people I'd see at like video store or something, but people would be like oh dude you gotta see this like don't yeah don't look anything up about it i'm not gonna tell you anything but trust me just watch it and uh yeah i think it's one of those ones that really didn't disappoint um uh yeah i definitely remember being like pretty grossed out at some of the scenes and then uh yeah obviously you don't want to spoil anything but i do like the uh you know when by the end when you while you find out like all this is happening i was like oh that is like a really interesting like messed up idea yeah yeah um yeah. it goes places yeah. And it's a uh, it's a shame that like, uh, I, I feel like there was a lot of projects after this that people would be like, oh, like the you know the director, I think it was multiple people if I'm not mistaken, um, like people would be like, oh yeah, like uh, they're supposed to do this movie now or this movie now, and like I feel like nothing has really actually like ended up <laughs> going and being good. Uh, it's like a shame, but. Uh, yeah, I want to say yeah. that we did do a movie by the directors of this at some point. And well, they, I think they did the Leatherface movie. That was like the big one. Ah, that was it. Yeah, and that was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's unfortunate. And there was a remake in 2015, which I never saw. Uh, I completely forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have to imagine they softened it so much for the Hollywood audience that yeah, <laughs> it's, I, it's just worthless. I assume. Yeah, I, I've not heard one single thing about it. So, I, I mean, not that you have to hear something for something to be good, but I imagine if it was good, like, at least some people would be talking about it. Yeah, the yeah direct- that just came and went. The director went on to do not only... Now, you're thinking of something else. Leatherface wasn't this guy. Uh, no, okay. Wasn't Leatherface the team who did, like, Insight or something like that? Was that not them? Maybe that's it. Yeah. I, I, I get those two confused because they came out around the same time and they're both kind of, like... Mm. these extreme french horror movies uh so uh, yeah. i apologize yeah so this guy went on to do the tall man which i never saw but he also okay. did a movie that we did review uh which was incident in a Ghostland. we did that uh just last uh, year okay. Uh, okay which you like more than i, I was I, I was quite down in that movie and you were a bit more positive yeah definitely not great definitely not a up up to martyrs but not like a horrible movie yeah so uh, but yeah, Mars is my number nineteen. Tim, what's your eighteen? Uh, eighteen, a movie actually I just uh, rewatched uh, the other day, but uh, one that was like pretty big with me and my friends in uh, high school, and that was uh, Session Nine. Um, yeah, very like a low budget indie movie about uh, some like just kind of blue collar, <laughs> you know, like construction dudes that uh, have a week to basically like clean out this. Uh, you know, big, uh, uh, like abandoned mental asylum, which is, was based on like a real, uh, place in, uh, Massachusetts, uh, I believe. So not too far, um, from where I grew up. Mm. And then, uh, yeah, like some, you know, kind of freaky stuff starts happening. Like one guy's getting obsessed with these, uh, tapes from an old patient that he's, uh, you know, listening to. And then, uh, they kind of start being mysteriously, uh, killed <laughs> basically. But, um, I, I, I think like growing up, I, uh, like 
it, it this was like a really cool indie horror movie that not a lot of people knew about so you kind of like would pass it among your friends and stuff and um re-watching it I, I still think it's pretty good i don't know if it holds up uh like as well as i remembered it it does have a very kind of like early 2000s look to it uh which is a shame uh but there's still like some really cool scenes i like the general premise and uh like yeah there's some shots in there of the uh you know mental facility that they used because uh, again it's based on a real place so it is it looks really interesting it's like really beautiful um and to see this kind of like old decaying building and stuff. So, uh, yeah, pretty, uh, cool movie. I, I still dig it. I saw this for the first time a few years ago and I have to admit, I kind of hated it, <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, but I definitely agree with what you said there. It looks like an early 2000s movie. Like, yeah, it it's... really looks like one. Uh, so whatever image that conjures in your head, it's probably what I'm thinking. The, the most excitement I got from it is that there was a GIF that was always shared online that, like, I had that moment in the movie where I realized it was from that. Uh, <laughs> it's, where, it's where he says F you, uh, yeah. and the camera kind of goes in and he points. Like, I was like, yeah. oh, it's, that's from this! Oh! Uh, but yeah, I wasn't super yeah. into it. But hey. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, again, uh, a lot of it uh, might be some nostalgia uh, playing it up, but again, I, I did watch it and still, uh, the other day and, and still liked it but yeah i can see it not being for everybody uh my number 18 is a uh, high tension or high tension or switchblade romance whatever title you know it by uh french film again let's get french films back to back here didn't even realize that uh <laughs> which you know we, we did it again we did it for the show like last year mm. i think and it was the first time I'd watched it since I'd first seen it, and I was pleasantly surprised, like, at least for me, that it held up quite well. I, I liked how brutal a lot of the, the, the kills in it are. Uh, obviously, it's a movie known for a twist that it has, which I, I won't spoil here, of course, but... Um, you know, I think the tension in it works really well. I, I think it is well shot, and it's, it's another one of those ones where... I feel like you have this movie that's so well directed and then the director seems to go on to not do anything that else that I like that much. Like, cause I think yeah. that, you know, uh, cause Azure did this one. I think he went on to do like the Hills of Eyes remake and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And I, I, I wasn't like super into his other films, but, uh, it's not like the, I, I don't think they're the worst, but it's also not like something you get super excited about. Yeah. Yeah. It's kinda, yeah kinda... It definitely doesn't seem to have as much of a stamp no. on it as this movie did. And you wonder why that is, and you know what is it about transitioning to like a Hollywood movie that that, that changes this? Yeah. But uh, you know, uh, but hey, I, I do think High Tension does does hold up quite well. And some people hate the the, the twist. I don't have that much of a problem with it. It's kind of like it almost doesn't take away from what I liked about it, <laughs> which mm -hmm. is just how how sort of like visceral the the the, the kills are and just uh I mean, as when we watched that, I was like, okay, it's a little bit more two thousandsy than I remember. It's one of these things when you're out of the era, you can kind of see the, the the qualities of the era, peak, you know, yeah. creeping up in the movies and stuff. But uh, I do, I think it still holds up. Um, and yeah, so there you go. Uh, yeah. What is your number seventeen? Uh, well, <laughs> one we actually just talked about, and that's uh, Martyrs. Ah, uh, there you go. So yeah, I mean, you know. Uh, won't dwell on it too long but again yeah um just very brutal very uh effective movie um i i, I do kind of flirt with the idea of maybe going back and rewatching it sometimes but <laughs> also it's like uh don't want to put myself through that um well i'll put it this way <laughs> we're definitely going to at some point and do it for the show so sure i mean 
mean, yeah, there's probably we there's probably enough French horror we haven't done that we can do a French horror vote at some point. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, I'll get my seventeen then, which is Pulse, aka Cairo, the original Pulse from Japan. Which now I'll admit it's been a long time, so I can't tell you too much uh, details wise about the plot. Other than that ghosts are invading the world via the internet, which I know sounds like nuts and and stupid almost, but it's really good. I, I think what's really interesting about it is that it, it feels like a Japanese horror movie with ghosts, but it's like more apocalyptic. Like it's actually like the ghosts are trying to invade and just take over the planet. Uh, and But it's told in a really interesting way that's tense and builds up and it's got two parallel stories that are kind of playing out to sort of build up to like what the movie's really about. Um, I know it was remade, uh, yeah. and I never saw the remake. So I, yeah, the I I mean again, it's been so long, I can't really tell you much about the remake, but I just remember it was it was awful. <laughs> so this is this is one that I would love to go back and revisit at some point. So you know, any excuse we can find at some point to do like a Japanese yeah. horror month, I'll I'll te- definitely slip this in. Actually, yeah, I actually recently bought the Blu-ray, so uh, I will be making that part of uh, my October watching. Uh, I just got through all of the One Missed Call trilogy, so Pulse is probably uh, oh. next on there soon. I, I have seen it before, but I mean, kind of like you said, like it's been so long, I really couldn't tell you much about it other than like, oh yeah, I remember it goes something to do with the internet. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah, I've never seen the One Missed Call trilogy. That'll be something to do at some point, but... Uh, <laughs> oh no no i shouldn't i shouldn't want to uh I, it, it's not the worst but it's definitely not the best <laughs> oh no we'll see i'll probably uh i mean I, well it'll, it'll be all screwy when this um <laughs> you know comes out but i'll probably talk about it when we do our kind of weekly yes on the news talks about yeah. what we've been watching yeah yes uh i'm looking forward to that actually because obviously we're recording this earlier in the month but uh there's a new Resident Evil movie that was announced this week that I'm looking forward to talking about in the news. So uh, go back in time and check out that episode. <laughs> uh, so that was by 17. So what's your number 16? Uh, paranormal Activity. Uh, I mm. Yeah, I, I think a series that you know people kind of make fun of a lot. And, and yeah, like a lot of the sequels were bad, but I still really, really like the first one. Uh, I think it was like super effective, uh, you know, very easy... Um, you know uh kind of like cheap uh horror movie but uh again like i feel like they were able to get a lot out of just very simple uh you know found footage uh camera tricks and uh obviously you can probably blame it for a lot of the horrendous you know found footage horror movies we had to put up with looking uh, at you gallows (laughs) yeah uh but no i mean i think it's still like just a really simple uh good effective horror movie yeah um I like the third one more than the first one, but I do think the sure. first yeah. the first three for the most part are decent watches. I think one and three are the yeah. two better ones, but um three's not two thousand two three's a twenty tens movie, which is why uh, right. that won't be coming up in this discussion. But uh mm. no, I mean it's easy to sort of make fun of it and like blame it for a lot of things, but I, I do appreciate like what they were able to do with just a camera in a house, basically. <laughs> and, <Yeah>. Like <laughs> a couple of tricks. That's all it is. Yeah. So you know, obviously it ended up buckling under the weight of them having to add to the mythology every movie for six yeah. movies, and soon to be a seventh because they're making another one. I but, get it. I know. <laughs> I know. We got a break because they, they they wrapped up in twenty fifteen with the sixth one, and it's like, yeah, but we're we'll be back in like five or six years. Don't worry. Yeah. And uh, was this early Blumhouse? Was this a Blumhouse movie? 
Do you know, I think it actually is. But I, do you know what? Mm. By the time Blumhouse became Blumhouse to us, I feel like I'd forgotten that they started with Parallelativity. So now I sure. think of I think of them more as like, you know, Truth or Dare and, uh, you know, Get Out and stuff like that. Like I think yeah. of other <laughs> stuff now. Truth or Dare and Get Out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like those are kind of like the two ends of Blumhouse, but <laughs> oh, well, I was trying. Yeah, I was trying to think of a good example of a Blumhouse movie and a bad example, so for, for you know variety's sake. But yeah, no, that's a fine pick. Uh, my number sixteen is a little gem called Slither, starring Nathan Fillion, mm. directed by James Gunn, uh, as well as a variety of other people uh, that are worth mentioning. But uh, mm. I won't name them all. And it's funny. It's it's you know it's a horror comedy about an alien monster that keeps growing uh well after it's possessed one person and keeps like like building this like i don't want to spoil it but like weird stuff's happening around the town there's a lot of like body horror there's a lot of uh like gross out moments um i think nathan fillion has one of my best reactions ever in a horror movie when he sees what the 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 villain's been building um because you know it's this very david cronenberg body horror kind of stuff um but it's just it's a delightful time and it's just it's got you know james gunn's like humor and like like dialogue in there and it's it's one of those things where when i saw it like i went into it not expecting much and you know it's been one that i've you know i have revisited this quite a bit because it is just such a fun b movie it knows what it is it has the fun practical effects it has the great cast you know making it all come together um Yeah, this one's really good. I, I like this one a lot. I it has been forever since I've seen it. Um, uh, so this is one I, I always want to go back and revisit, but I just never got around to it. Um, I I think uh, I think it's like Shout Factory or or Scream Factory like has like a, a nice Blu-ray of it. So I, I I keep thinking like, oh yeah yeah I should buy that uh at some point, and then I just haven't got around to it. But no, definitely a, a solid pick. Yeah, now you mentioned that went a long time without a Blu-ray because it was one of those things where like most stuff was out in Blu-ray at a certain point and Slither was still yeah. kind of languishing behind. But yeah, I think, I think it is out now. Uh, so, no, Slither, what is your number 15? Uh, so another one that I think we're, uh, yeah, a little split on because, uh, I, yeah, I believe I, I like this uh, more than you do, but uh, Trick or Treat, uh, I think, mm. is a... Yeah, just you know, really fun, um, you know, anthology horror movie, which I know you don't consider an anthology movie, but I do. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I think um, yeah, like all the stories are really good. Uh, again, uh, it, you know, kind of um, what do you call it? Uh, like steers towards like the you know funner side of, of things. Um, you know, like the you know take the stories like too seriously. Um. Uh, but yeah, they got like like some good actors, some good gore and surprises, and I don't know, just uh, yeah, I like it quite a bit. What's funny is you said that I don't consider this an anthology movie, and I don't remember having this debate and what my <laughs> argument was. But if that's I, what I said, I'll stick to it. <laughs> I mean, I I could be wrong, you know, and people can correct me. I I think your uh logic was that all the stories are like kind of connected, like they're not segmented stories, uh. Which I, I don't know. I I think you can make a an argument with that. Um, but I, I don't know. I still feel like they're different and stand out. Oh no! I, actually, I think I remember. I think it was more that the stories don't just they're, they're not all contained to the story. Like they keep they cut in between each and keep jumping oh, right, around. Right, right, right. I think yeah, that yeah. was my argument. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which 
yeah i mean you know we don't need to argue about it like i, I get what you're saying but i don't know for me it still stands out uh enough uh, they're uh, different enough that yeah I mean, it doesn't matter in the cut. I mean, there's there's no uh, criterion for this uh, list that has to be an anthology movie. To it's true. I just you made a reference to my opinion on something. I'm like, I don't remember that having that opinion, but I'll I'll stand by it. Or, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I I think it's an okay movie, but I do think it's a bit overrated. Uh, and I uh, rewatching it for I think October last year we did the the the, the, the movie. Uh, I kind of felt the same watching it again. Where I was like, yeah, it's just okay, yeah. but I don't love it. Yeah, there are definitely people that think it that seem to think it's like amazing, and uh, yeah, I probably wouldn't go that far. Like, I you know, I do like it quite a bit, but yeah, I mean, in a different decade, you know, probably wouldn't have it, you know. Oh that, sure, uh, on the list or that super high, but yeah. yeah. Uh, so that was your fifteen. My fifteen is a movie we did not too long ago, and that is Frailty. Uh, and this is one that might not have made it so high had we not rewatched this recently. Because uh, watching it again, I actually was like, "Oh, this is actually really good." Bill Paxton, of course, directing and starring, and you've got the story of him raising these two kids, these these two sons, and he's convinced that there's demons in the world, so he's using his sons to help him go and kill people that he's saying are demons. Mm. But obviously, we are debating: is there demons? You know, is this true? Is this just a madman who's trying to turn his sons into killers? Uh, mm. It's really good stuff. Uh, I, I, don't know if <laughs> I know, so so eloquently put. But the, 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 I think I think the performances are really good, and it is a really dark, compelling movie. That's uh, you know, it's, it's got a lot going for it. I I was impressed when you watched this again. How good it yeah. was. Yeah, I, I liked it quite a bit. I actually did have it um just a, a bit higher on my list, but I had to. Once we went from twenty five to twenty, it unfortunately didn't make the <gasps> cut. Sorry, Freddy versus Jason just had to <laughs> get in there. But uh, no, Frailty is really good. Uh, I, I think I saw it like when I was young, like when it first came out. So it'd been a while. Uh, but then when we did it on this show, uh, I was yeah pretty pleasantly surprised. Like, oh, this is a very solid movie. Yeah, the you know, whole cast is great, and obviously, like uh, always, great to see Bill Paxton in, uh, in anything. But uh, yeah, good stuff. Yep, no, uh, really good stuff. What was your number 14? Uh, that would be 28 Days Later. Um, you know, uh, what do you need to know? Uh, it's a zombie movie. Guy's in a coma. Uh, English chap. <laughs> he uh, <laughs> wakes up and the world's overrun with zombies. Uh, yeah, you know, the, the early 2000s was... I guess maybe an interesting time for zombie movies. It's like, I guess this is around the time when like zombie fever was, you know, really just kicking in. And mm. this kind of felt like a new novel uh, approach. And um, I, I do actually want to watch it soon. Cause it has been a while. Um, so I, I don't know how well it holds up, but I remember really liking it when it first came out and, you know, it felt new and original. Um, and yeah, <laughs> I guess it was like the first time we got kind of like, you know, fast running zombies, uh, and stuff. Uh, I, I do feel like the last time I watched it again, just going back to, uh, it having like a very early two thousands kind of feel to it. Like, I don't think the look, uh, holds up super well, but I still like the, you know, the story and approach, uh, enough. Yeah. To it. Uh, no, I think technically you were right because I think the character's English, but Kelly and Murphy is actually, uh, Irish. Just, uh, uh okay. Gotcha. <laughs> P- putting that out there 
I mean, when he he wakes up, he's in London. Like they, uh, which another like really cool thing about the movie is just seeing like you know big like uh, you know I don't know what what the hell they call those places, London Square or whatever. <laughs> uh, but just seeing it like all empty and everything. Yeah, you see the Houses of Parliament, you see the you know all that yeah. the bridges across the Thames and all that. And yeah, it, no, it's it's just cool seeing like a a typically populated area like that completely empty. Yeah. And I don't know if this is like a a made up story or something, but uh, I, I believe they said before that like how they got away with that is they would like redirect traffic with like these uh, like attractive women in bikinis. So like <laughs> that way, like people wouldn't get mad. <laughs> uh, well, so they still had like signs saying that were redirected, but they just had had women in bikinis like holding the ba- signs. Yeah, basically. Is so that that, yeah, like. Yeah, because like you know, because obviously that's a lot of people that you gotta you know uh, detour and on their like morning commutes and stuff. But I guess like the idea was, yeah, well at least if you, if they if there's an attractive woman, then woman they're not gonna be as mad about it. Uh, someone can correct me if if that's uh you know yeah. not an accurate story, I, but I, I believe that's what I heard. <laughs> I also assume that this was done as early as possible. Like as soon as daylight broke, it was okay. Like because sure. it's the quietest that it possibly otherwise be i don't know yeah uh, would be my guess i hadn't heard that story i'll be honest it sounds kind of made up but <laughs> yeah maybe <laughs> i don't know <laughs> uh, yeah i you know i, I think there's a lot of good things about 20 days later i'm not i i really hate the last act though so i've never been the biggest yeah. fan of that that movie uh, <laughs> for that reason and a lot of people love it so i don't want to like shit on it too much but uh it's never sure. been my my thing um so that was your 14 my number 14 is actually also a zombie movie, and it is Wreck 2, uh, the sequel Ooh, to, okay. to Wreck. This is same night, and it follows a SWAT team that go into the building that's been infested with zombies. It is found footage. It's told from the perspective of all the, the head cameras that are on the, the helmets of the of the soldiers going in. And I think I, what I love about this is it's just a, it's a thrill ride, which the first one was as well, but I kind of loved how it... It didn't have to like make some sort of convoluted reason for things to happen again. It just it did the Halloween two thing of no, it's the same night. <laughs> like we're literally yeah. still in the same building, and it's the it's the team getting in afterwards to try and take care of it. Like I thought it progressed in a really fun way, and it kind of linked back to the first one in some really fun way. I don't want to spoil them, of course, but just some really mm-hmm. intricate ways where it kind of like made things feel kind of cool, and uh, it played with your expectations based on what the end of the first one was, and it. You know, I saw this in theaters. This is the only one of the series that I saw in theaters, and mm. it was a super invigorating thing to see because it was it was just this ninety minutes of nonstop like chaos. And you know, I I loved it. It does this really cool thing with the perspective of the the, the cameras. Where I won't say how it solves it, but there's a point in the film where the cameras are kind of destroyed, and it has mm. to like pick up from somewhere. And the way it does that is actually really cool uh that i really appreciate okay. so um yeah. I, I i feel like i've seen this but man i don't <laughs> i honestly I, I don't know if i remember <laughs> anything about it well uh, we actually did the first one a, like a year or so ago yeah. uh so it's actually on our to-do list to go back and do mm-hmm. the sequels and like i i know <clears throat> uh for sure i saw the is the third one that the one that starts at the wedding yeah yeah, I, I know I've seen that one for sure, and I think maybe just part of it is because it is kind of, like, so different or whatever. Well, the third um, one, because the third one starts off in footage, but then turns into yeah. a normal movie after a certain point. Yeah. So, I, I don't know, I, I feel like I've seen the second one, but yeah, I just don't really remember it. Uh, hey, I'd love a nice uh, a nice box set if they put one out, I would definitely buy it. Hmm. Yes, I'm sure you would. You do love those box sets. <laughs> uh, 
Now, Rector, Rector's a really solid sequel, and it's it's just mm-hmm. such a thrill ride that I uh, like. I have very fond memories of seeing it in theaters. Uh, Tim, what is your number thirteen? Uh, that would be Bubba Hotep, a extremely fun movie. Uh, you know, I, I guess veers more on the comedy side uh, of things, but I mean, you got Bruce Campbell <laughs> playing uh, Elvis in a retirement home, fighting a you know soul sucking mummy. It's uh. I mean, what else do you need to know about that? It's just so uh, delightful and fun. And man, this was something that, you know, as a kid that grew up on like worshiping Evil Dead and watching like those movies every weekend with his friends, like we were just so excited when this came out. Like we just could not wait. And, um, you know, I'm still a little hurt that we never got a sequel, uh, honestly. (laughs) But uh, this first one, I I feel like still holds up on its own. It's uh, just being super fun. Oh, I love Bubba Hotep. Bubba Hotep's a, a triumph of what it is. And it's not like, I don't think anyone in the world was asking for this movie. But once you <laughs> but once you see it, you're like, yes, how did we live without this movie? How, exactly. did, how did we live without Bruce Campbell playing Elvis <laughs> in a retirement home tackling a mummy yeah. with JFK? So, yeah. <laughs> well, presumably JFK. I mean, we can now confirm and deny that the sure. man in, in, is indeed JFK. But... Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I, I, I don't have. I, I, I couldn't have. This is this is one of these things where I blind bought the DVD. Back course, back yeah. when I was blind buying stuff left and right on DVD mm-hmm. in high school, and mm-hmm. I, I remember just watching it and being floored with how much I loved it. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> uh, and it's not even like I'm an Elvis fan. I mean, I don't hate. It. I don't dislike Elvis, but look oh, at no, it. totally. I yeah. have I have no attachment to Elvis as a as a mm-hmm. artist or personality. So, sure, uh, it was delightful. It's uh, it's weird because yeah, like I don't uh who cares about his songs but he is such like an iconic uh figure that like yeah it is someone that you can like insert into a horror story you know like mm-hmm. <clears throat> i mean similar to like i don't know like abraham lincoln or something which like not like they've <laughs> done good examples of it but like like sometimes if you're just like so popular and well known and have like a very distinct look it's just very easy to insert you that character or that person yeah. into like genre fiction and i almost think i like the fact that they couldn't afford to get any of his music because i think it would actually take away <laughs> from the great soundtrack because i think the music in sure. this movie is wonderful uh, yeah. I, I love brian tyler's score who obviously went on to do like a lot of big movies like in the in the decades you know since <laughs> but like I, I love the music so I, i'm glad that they mm-hmm. couldn't just you know put in you know jailhouse rock at any moment yeah. that they wanted to so so i i would love i'd love to know what uh his family thinks of that movie if they've seen it <laughs> i would love to know it's a good point yeah <laughs> do, do you enjoy the scene where your father and you know your the fake version of your father in bed gets a hard on uh and he's like <laughs> and he's delighted that he's finally got an erection again and yeah. you, know, I, you know it sounds like i'm being facetious as i'm saying this but it's actually a genuinely good scene where he looks down sees he's getting an erection goes you know i'm still alive like you know there's like yeah. it's a real like, sort of, like fist pumping moment <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like yeah i mean as silly as it is there is something to say uh about it you know being a movie where yeah you are you, you know you are still trying to prove your worth like because you don't see a lot of um like horror movies you know set from the point of view of the elderly and oh. uh yeah it is kind of nice like you know it's about these iconic figures that you know people you know, have basically just kind of shut away 
uh, to quietly die off and they are having to fight back and, you know, stand up for themselves and show that they are still, like, capable. So there's, like, actually, like, cool, you know, nuance to it as, for being as, like, kind of wild and silly as it is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's a wonderful film. I kind of mm-hmm. agree uh, uh, enough. Uh, my number 13 is a film that you're not as hot. There's a lot of movies in this list, actually, that we kind of mm. have that the other person doesn't <laughs> love as much. But uh, I really like The Strangers. And okay. it's, yeah, it's a simple story of these people with masks invading a house of this couple late one night. Um, and I think it's very well told. Obviously, the sequel's not as good. Like, I'll, you know, we, we reviewed the sequel, you know, when it came out a couple of years ago. And it's not a bad movie. It's got a couple of key sequences that are good, but for the most part, it kind of goes a bit more over the top. And I think what I like about this first one is just the simple stuff of like characters, like the, the villains being in the background of a scene and not doing anything, and just the creepiness of that and the the build to it. Uh, you know, so I, was, I want to say this is another one that I rented uh, on Blu-ray. You know, in the end of the two thousands, it was just that that time period. Um. And later bought it because I liked the movie enough, and uh, I I think the the creepiness of the the, the villains. I like the simplistic mask. It's it's one of those things where like it's maybe done overdone a little bit too much now. And maybe it even was at the time, yeah. but I, I wasn't feeling the fatigue of it yet. It was the the creepy mm-hmm. mask kind of like silent killers? Because uh, I, I know I grew up on Michael Myers and Halloween and Jason Voorhees, so mm-hmm. I was always about those those ideas. So, uh, but no, I, I dig the strangers. <laughs> Yeah, I I mean I don't hate it. I I think it's fine. Uh, I I mean I I think part of me did have some resentment for, uh, at the time just everybody like just going head over heels like in love with it, and I I think I, I had some resentment from that because I'm just like, all right, come on, calm down, everyone. It's not <laughs> it's not the like the next big thing, but uh, yeah, I mean I'm not gonna dog on it too much. I I don't think it's like horrible or anything. It's just like yeah, not. Yeah, my favorite all right well what's your number 12 <laughs> well i mean yeah speaking of that i know this is one we definitely um jeez i have like so much hair in my mouth <laughs> <laughs> well you got two cats and two dogs yeah um and <laughs> uh a crazy amount of my own hair <laughs> yes so yes. um uh, <clears throat> that's it <laughs> And I always hate that too. Whenever I have to go outside and put on a mask, I, like the second I put on the mask, I can f- I feel like a hair inside my <laughs> mouth. So I'm like, damn it. Um, but yeah, whatever. Uh, so uh, my number twelve, though. I mean, talk about you know disagreements. I, I know uh, we both have strong opinions on this one, but uh, for me, it is Drag Me to Hell. I uh... I, I I unabashedly love this movie. I mean, you know, hey, uh, Sam Raimi's my boy. He can do no wrong. Uh, and it was so great uh, after you know just doing like just three amazing uh superhero films to see him return to horror <laughs> first of all san remy can do no wrong he's done wrong he has done plenty of wrong over the years okay i disagree but i demand i demand that you watch oz the great and the powerful and you tell me with a straight face do you think it's a good movie i demand that you do that i just like uh yeah i I, i'll watch it at some point and uh, i'm sure i'll love it uh but no i mean i uh yeah drag me to hell it's it's definitely not perfect perfect especially watching it now um unfortunately there's definitely some pretty dodgy cgi uh that doesn't hold up but uh i i still love the story i i think it has plenty of good like 
dare I say, Evil Dead-esque uh, gags. And uh, yeah, there's a, uh, there's a lot to like to it. I don't know what kind of person wouldn't like it, to be honest. I feel like you're speaking about me, Tim. How dare you? <laughs> Just putting it out there. <laughs> um, also, I love that you said three amazing superhero movies. Now, I get that you're, you're making a giant jab at me because I have said that I don't think his Spider-Man films hold up. But to be fair, no one likes the third one, right? No one likes <laughs> Spider-Man 3. So don't even give me that shit. Yes, I just remember thinking the all the over-the-top, like, Evil Dead-esque slapstick horror with the, the mm. vomiting and... Mm-hmm. the ridiculous amounts of blood I just thought it felt so weird in a tonal sense I didn't like the characters I wasn't really into the the, the, the premise it, yeah I didn't like Dragon Hill at all sorry <laughs> so, sorry Tim sorry everyone is wrong sometimes <laughs> I'm gonna give you a proper movie at number 12 okay my number 12 is Jason X okay <laughs> alright Oh, I'm sorry. Do you not approve of Jason X being on the top 20 of the 2000s? And people, people at home will be like, this is a stupid movie. Why are you putting this on here? Mm-hmm. Yes, it is stupid. It is wonderfully stupid. It is mm-hmm. stupid in so many ways that I... I, I, I Like, there's things that we, we reviewed it just... Uh, was that earlier this year as well? It may have been. It, like, mm-hmm. there's things in the movie that don't make any sense, but it's so <laughs> wonderful. Like, it, like the, the Uber Jason, the, 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 the night liquid nitrogen kill, all these goofy characters in the future the idea that they've got like like physics just completely and utterly wrong like at a level that's just so uncomprehensible that but it's it's delightful it's it's delightful that the cheesy dialogue uh the the android whose nipples fall off the everything <laughs> everything about it is just wonderful and this was actually the first friday the 30th movie that i owned on dvd because it, it just <laughs> came out i think when i was buying dvds like initially because I ever had a box set in DVD. Actually, is that true? Maybe I bought a box set quite late on in DVD Lifecycle. But I, I, when I bought Friday the 13th movies originally, I bought them individually. I bought all of the individual Friday the 13th wow. one by one. Um, <laughs> and But Jason X was the one that I had first. I never got around to getting nine, though. No. Which I'm okay, <laughs> which I'm okay with, quite frankly. Uh, yeah. The fact that I even own that now in a box set <laughs> is uh, disheartening enough. I don't have to <laughs> think about it. But yeah, Jason X is this weird oddity of like... You know, as far as, like, you know, let's do this franchise in space. Now, we'll get to Critters in space at some point. But <laughs> we've done Leprechaun in space. Mm-hmm. You know, we've done Hellraiser in space. Mm-hmm. And I, I think you would agree that, that Jason in space is the one that's the, the, the creme de la creme, the, the pinnacle sure. of that idea. Oh, yeah, no, totally. It's a, yeah, no, it's not a good movie, but it is tons of fun. And this is kind of, like, the, the only thing you can really do. Or this is, like, one of the fun things that you can do with, like, you know franchise movies is you know you get to a certain point where you can kind of do really wild ideas and <laughs> take them into you know crazy places and yeah again doesn't always make for like high art but yeah sometimes <laughs> it's just so like cheesy and fun that yeah i can't really deny that it's uh not a good movie yeah x gonna give it to you <laughs> it's an x masterpiece but then again i'm also someone who will defend uh jason takes manhattan uh, with sure. with passion, uh, yeah. I think we both would, to be honest. But yeah, no, I'm a big fan of that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you yeah, that boxing scene is is uh, just a <laughs> masterpiece of a filmmaking. Uh, Tim, what's your number eleven? Uh, that would be fourteen oh eight. Uh, you know, I was uh, as I was looking through the movies that came out in the early two thousands, I was 
very bummed that there is not that many Stephen King uh, things to choose from. But um, 1408 is one I actually genuinely uh, like. It's a uh, you know, pretty simple uh, premise. Uh, John Cusack is uh, a paranormal debunker, uh, and he wants to stay at this notoriously haunted uh, hotel room. And um, he does, and a lot of crazy stuff happens. But I think uh, there's like some genuine, uh, you know, good scares and weird, freaky stuff. And uh, yeah, I like this one quite a bit. Yeah, I've actually seen John Cusack now. I'm uh, reviewing Utopia on Amazon, and he's in that. Okay. So I've, I've been seeing him recently. Uh, I never saw this, actually. I have nothing to say. <laughs> I never got around to watching this one. And I feel like it... I mean, I don't know if you'd hate it. I don't. I don't think you would love it, though. But I, uh, I really like it. Okay, okay. <laughs> this is our most divisive decade, I think, because because <laughs> I equally think that we'd struggle to do a big list for the nineties. In fact, I was joking that mm-hmm. we're going to try and watch a lot of nineties horror movies next year, just so that when mm-hmm. we we get to the, the the potential top list, we could at least do a good twenty five of nineties movies. Because yeah. right mm-hmm. now, I couldn't even give you twenty. I think I'd be able to do like a top fifteen. Yeah, and that'd that be about, about right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and again, I've seen a lot of horror movies from the 90s. I just don't like most of them. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, anyway, so that was your number 11. So mm-hmm. my number 11 is uh, what I think is the pinnacle of this franchise. And that is Final Destination 2, which mm-hmm. I think is a treat of a movie. And I like the first Final Destination. It takes itself a little bit seriously, but there's a lot of fun stuff. The kitchen kill really sticks out. Mm-hmm. Um... The second one, though, it's like it just it understood what it was. It just it t- takes itself a little less seriously. It's a bit more fun, and mm. it has the best kills I think for the most part in the franchise. I love the the, the almost the mouse trap esque quality of the kills, mm-hmm. sort of how they line up and the the you know the glass falling on the kid, the the, the kitchen kill, the, all, the even just the highway stuff at the start because they always start with these big set pieces of like how everyone mm. dies originally. Like I think all of that stuff is super fun. I the barbed wire kills amazing there's just so many good kills interesting some mythology stuff that i love about if this is the order we're supposed to die in does that mean that everyone else is safe until then so can mm-hmm. they can they physically not kill themselves if they tried because they're not next on the list you know those ideas that it starts to add in i really love i think Federation 2 is a blast of a movie uh, this was actually something that i got on dvd as like a this was back when they used to be like these club services where you'd like subscribe mm-hmm. to a thing and they, like that was like the new release they sent me that month. I didn't. I wasn't on it for long because it cost a fortune. So it was like it was like a bad idea overall. But I just <laughs> happened to get it uh, almost by happenstance at the time, and was kind of in love with it. And you know, I I enjoy a lot of three. Uh, four is a bit rough. I think five is maybe my second favorite in the franchise, just because even though it's like the worst <laughs> acting of the whole thing, uh, and the characters <laughs> are the worst, it's got the uh, probably the the best like absurd kills after this one, but. <laughs> I think two is the pinnacle of that franchise, and if they if they ever do bring this back and they, they do more, because I I think Final Destination is kind of like the the slasher movies of the of the eighties, where you could mm-hmm. keep doing this forever. Because all I want out of this is more elaborate and absurd like deaths, where like okay, yeah. what in the room is eventually going to kill them, and what is the the chain reaction that leads to their death? That is just mm-hmm. delightful to watch, and the more inventive they can get with that, the better. And I think two is the best example of it. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I I only watched Final Destination movies for the first time like a you know, like a year or two ago. Uh, oh. or I think we did them on the show, right? Or no, we have that one we did too. Okay, uh, yeah, because I, I think I watched them all like in October one year. Uh, maybe it was like three years ago now, but 
yeah, the second one's really fun. I, I think I had it high on my list and then just kind of got edged out. Um, you know, uh, mm. when we chopped off the, the f- first five or whatever. Um, but no, two is really fun. And I, yeah, I really love that opening scene. That is, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Again, it's just really great how everything just, yeah, works and <laughs> fits together. Yeah. When we eventually do the franchise cause we obviously will at some point, I think this is the, get the best opening. Um, mm-hmm. the first one's obviously much more simple, but I, I do remember mm-hmm. like, you know, I like the roller coaster from three and I think the, uh, the highway stuff from five is over the top, but fun. I remember mm-hmm. really disappointed with four though. Cause it was like, they're at like a racetrack and it's just like the cars oh, come yeah, out of the yeah. crowd. It was like, because what's so fun about this, the, the second movie's one is that there's like really indi- all these great individual parts of like how they all die in the highway. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of like individual things that are all fun to watch on their own. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what it is. But yeah, Final Edition 2 uh, is a lot of fun. And that's my number 11. Which does mean we're on to the top 10. So Tim, mm-hmm. what is your number 10? Uh, so I uh, apologize if I'm mispronouncing it, but it is uh, Norai the Curse. That's N-O- R-O-I. Is, that, is this from the 2000s? I believe so. I, I mean, I've not uh, seen it, but I just assumed this was a newer movie because it's like one of Shudder's exclusives. So <laughs> I assumed it was a, a more recent release, but fair enough. Um, I'll double check just to make sure. But uh, essentially, though, it is a uh, Japanese found footage movie. Um, so, let's see. Controversial. Yeah, uh, 2005. Oh, fair enough. Uh, yeah, I don't think. See, when I first watched this, I, I watched it, it was all on YouTube, uh, for free. So I, I don't Whoa. think it's a, a movie that people really knew about uh that much. And so maybe it's getting a resurgence because like maybe Shutter just added it or something. Um, but no, it's a, so you've never seen it. No, no, it was, it's actually something that's on my to maybe to watch list this okay. month. Uh, yeah, I like it quite a bit. Uh, again, it's um. Yeah, I, I I like Japanese horror a lot, and I think it's a really good example of it, and also a good example of like a found footage movie. Uh, it has been a while, so like uh, I, I apologize, I forget some of the beats of the stories. Uh, but uh, I do remember there, you know, it, it is a bit long. Uh, so I mean, maybe that's one thing I would say like against it, but um, it is very like captivating, and there's you know some twists and turns and interesting things that you find out, but uh again just a really effective movie and it was cool to uh see you know uh found footage but from like kind of a you know different like countries perspective because you know again in the like 2000s and stuff there's you know a glut of uh found footage movies and they're all like pretty bad but it's interesting when you see like uh the style that you kind of start um you know associating with a certain type of movie but you know done in a, a different interesting way yeah, I mean, the uh, 2005, though, that puts it before Parliament Activity. So, obviously, Blair Witch happened and is probably the inspiration for it, but yeah. it does put it before the wave of, like, constant found footage that's movies. That's true, yeah. It does put it before that. So, that's interesting that they, they, they had, yeah. like, a, a big example. Um, I, I didn't see it in 2005, though. Like, I oh, sure, probably yeah. saw it, like, 2014, 15, something like that. But, yeah. yeah. So... Yeah, so I'm, I'm uh, maybe going to watch that soon. It's uh, on the... Oh potential to-do list uh, in the near future. So, cool. Uh, my number 10 is a horror comedy and it is Shaun of the Dead mm-hmm. which was obviously the the window into the, the Peg Frost and uh, Edgar Wright 
trilogy, which obviously went into other genres with this next two, mm. but uh, into like you know action and sci-fi respectively. But this uh, is their zombie movie, which harkens back to all the classic Romero movies, and is full mm. of really witty jokes and and some fun gore as well, which is I think something that you can tell that. Edgar Wright and the the, the the guys making this all love these movies. They love horror movies. They mm. love zombie movies. So it's not they're not making fun of them. They're not being mean. They are doing references yeah. and doing a comedy that's a zombie movie because they they, they love these things. So um, you can feel that passion. You can feel that respect. And it's a very funny movie. That um, admittedly, I don't think I loved this when I first saw it. When I saw this in theaters, and I remember thinking it was all right, but I wasn't like in love with it. It wasn't until I was maybe a, a little bit older where. I got it a bit better and I was like okay you know what I really appreciate the humor in this yeah you know what's funny is I was working at Blockbuster at the time when it came out and they uh, I, I've only got the chance to go to one of these I, I think they stopped doing them like pretty soon after I started working there but they would do this thing where like um, they would get like a couple of different like local franchises together and they would basically have this kind of big party where a bunch of like different movie vendors would come and you would get like screeners for different movies and they would tell you about some stuff that they have coming out and uh it was like super fun uh and it happened like in october around like halloween season season so people would go like dressed up uh and essentially it was like a big party where they hand out prizes and free movies and stuff and i remember there was uh someone that was giving out screeners for Shaun of the dead and there's like a bunch of people there that were like you know, it was like one of the most popular ones. Like everyone's trying to get a copy and I kind of just like rolled my eyes and I was like, really? Like, uh, what? Like the title is so punny. It's like, mm -hmm. Oh, Dawn of the dead, but Shaun of the dead. And like, I, I love the title now, but not knowing anything about these filmmakers and stuff before I kind of just rolled my eyes and said, like, that sounds so lame. Uh, but then like, everyone was like, no, trust me. Like you got to watch it. And then when I did finally sit down and watch it, yeah, I was like, Oh, this is amazing. Like these guys are super funny. Uh, yeah, like it, like you said, it it has like a, a lot, so much heart to it. Um, it, it really like loves the genre. It's not like lampooning it or making fun of it. It's like, oh no, we're just we're doing some, a comedy version set in this universe. And, yeah, yeah, it, it was, was really it was, great. It was kind of one of those first summers as a teenager that I was kind of seeing a movie like every week, like where I was starting to go to the theater oh, yeah. a lot because I was, you know, I was at that age where I was starting to be a bit more independent and I could do things like that. <laughs> I remember, I think the reason why I probably saw it was more less because of, like, how it looked, even though I'm sure I saw a trailer at some point. Mm -hmm. uh, was It was more just, I think it was, like, heavily pushed because it was a British movie. Like, it was, mm -hmm. you know, the, the UK tends, like, the theatres tend to push the UK movies quite a bit more than I assume they do in the mm -hmm. US. Uh, mm -hmm. And so it was kind of like, oh, okay, they're making a big deal of it, let's go see it. So that was how I, I saw that. And um, I don't think it's the, even their best, you know, I, th I think Hot Fuzz is the better movie overall. If I'm, you know, mm -hmm. it's obviously not a horror movie, but if I'm yeah. picking one is the best, I think Hot Fuzz is like basically a 10 out of 10 comedy and is perfect from start yeah. to finish. But uh, mm -hmm. Dead is very, very good. Um, and it's mm -hmm. a shame that, I mean, I, I like The World's End, but it's clearly the weak one out of the three. Yeah, I, I wasn't crazy about it when I first saw it, but over time I've enjoyed mm -hmm. it more and more. Um, and yeah, it's yeah definitely the weakest of the three, but I, I still like it quite a bit. Yeah. So yeah, that's my number 10, Shaw Dead. What's your number nine, Tim? Uh, so uh, another uh, Asian horror movie, but not Japanese this time. Uh, I believe this one is uh, from Hong Kong, uh, and that is The Eye, uh, not to be confused with the American remake uh, starring Jessica Alba. Um, 
the the original eye uh yeah th this was like one uh geez i, I want to say like maybe I, I saw like a review of it on like a uh ebert and roper <laughs> or something uh and uh, i remember it looking really good and i don't know if i was able to track it down in theaters or if i just had to buy the the dvd at some point but uh yeah i really like it it's a, a solid um like ghost movie uh you know this uh blind woman gets an experimental uh surgery that lets her see again uh but she starts seeing these like kind of weird ghostly figures but you know it kind of messes with you because it's like all right well you know she's blind she doesn't know what things look like so is she you know seeing is she just not knowing what you know um this kind of stuff is or is she actually seeing like these weird things and uh yeah there's uh some like genuinely creepy moments i remember there's like uh this uh calligraphy scene that really stuck with me um but yeah uh really cool movie i like it you know, I saw this and I thought I think I remember thinking it was okay, but I don't, I don't remember it sticking with me too much. I was actually just fact checking there because you said Hong Kong, and I remember this being a Thai movie for some reason. And when I looked it up, it is from Hong Kong. You are right, but it does have uh, some Thai in it, so I think that's why I remember okay. it being Thai. But I, no. yeah, I, yeah, I wasn't uh, super sure either because I, I, I know it wasn't like a Japanese, uh, um you know because that was like uh the 2000s where again like a lot of japanese horror movies so i i do distinctly remember that it wasn't that but i wasn't exactly sure and then i think yeah. when i put on the list uh i checked and it said hong kong so. no fair enough you you did your research uh i <laughs> fault that um bizarrely my number nine is another british movie i didn't realize i had two of those back to back i seem to have a lot of pairs mm. on this uh but my number nine is the descent which mm. It's actually kind of a shame thinking about this movie now because I feel like the director, Neil Marshall, I was expecting so many great things from him and everything I've seen from him after this was just kind of okay <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Uh, the descent yeah, other this... than Hellboy, he hasn't done a bunch of great stuff. <laughs> yes, it's Hellboy, which might be the worst <laughs> film he's made. Uh... <laughs> but yes... Uh, Neil Marshall uh, directed this, and it's a movie about a bunch of cave divers going in, and uh, you know, an all-woman team of of friends who go into this cave, and they get they try to take the shortcut, and it's not a cave they're supposed to go into, and they get lost. And I, what I've always appreciated about this is just how good it is before we even get to the the, the monsters, the supernatural element that's in the, yeah. the caves, because them just like try to like, squeeze through these crevices and getting stuck and if you're claustrophobic this movie is like super like tense and uh it's it's just a really well-made movie and it's it's one of those things where i expected so much from the director after it's kind of a shame that i, I don't think he's ever even come close to to touching this one again but yeah it's a super good time super good time uh, no it's yeah it's great and it's it's filmed so well and like you feel like uh, the thing that's always impressed me is that I saw this in theaters and I remember just being in this really big open theater and yet still feeling so claustrophobic because mm. like the, the filmmaking was just like, you know, that good. And yeah, it, it definitely is a shame that um, like, I, I think he's done some like some okay stuff, um, but yeah, definitely hasn't done anything that's touched this. Yeah. I think um, I should point out, we bring this up every time we talk about it and we've, we've still not actually reviewed this one and I'm sure we will at some point, <laughs> but the uh the us got like a, a fake ending oh sure yeah uh where 
I mean, I don't want to spoil it by saying it's the what type of ending it is, but let's just say it changed the tone of the ending completely. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where, you know, now if you have the option, like, make sure you get the right cut, get the, the real ending, because it does completely yeah. change the ending to, to soften it. Um, But it's very good, very good. So uh, what's your number eight? <laughs> Uh, so one uh, that you mentioned earlier, but uh, not that it was actually on your list, but you did mention it. Uh, number eight is Inside. Uh, so another mm. French extreme horror movie. Um, I, I remember hearing this kind of brought up, uh, you know, alongside Martyrs a lot. And I actually do think this is superior uh, to it. Um, it. You know, pretty simple premise, but man, is it a, a, a pretty brutal one. Uh, essentially, it's... Um, this you know woman who is uh pregnant uh i believe very far along uh in her pregnancy and uh you know her husband's just recently passed away so she's by herself uh at home one night where uh this woman is trying to get into her house and kill her and steal her baby uh and yeah it's uh so effective and so brutal and yeah just some of the gore is just really uh intense and again it's just a you know very uh you know it's hard not to like instantly feel uh you know for this character who is you know carrying uh a child in there so it's like you know sometimes in a horror movie it's like oh yeah you don't want anything bad to happen to the kid and it's like in this it's like well the kid's not even born yet and you're already (laughs) like yeah afraid for uh, its survival and stuff and you know and the uh you know villain in his you know very unhinged very creepy and uh yeah, I really like this one a lot. It's uh, quite good. Do you know, I haven't seen it? Do you know, it's funny. This is maybe the third or fourth one that you've mentioned that I have not seen, which maybe says that <laughs> maybe there's there's gaps at least for me in this this decade. Yeah, and and I mean on stuff like this too, it's like tough because it's uh you know obviously it's a French film, so it's it wasn't really like readily available. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think this was definitely a a, a DVD I had to kind of seek out. Yeah. yeah, definitely one of those. Yeah. It's like, a, you know, at the time it was kind of hard. I feel like nowadays with streaming services, like a lot of, you know, bigger named or like interesting uh, foreign films are a lot more readily available to find. But yeah, back in the day, like they wouldn't show something like this in a theater. And then like, yeah, you would probably have to know about it from reading it on a website or hearing someone tell you about it. <clears throat> and then you would have to, you know, track down like, you know, hopefully, uh, you know they had a a dvd available in america but yeah um that's one i'll get to i'm sure it's one we'll cover at some point you know it's uh so many movies so little time it's always the thing it's always the same all right so my number eight then is a film that i suspect is going to be a fair bit higher on tim's list and that is john the grudge Mm. which is the Oh, this is, this almost is an anthology of sorts, uh, yeah. in the way it's presented. But it's you know it's the the haunted house in Japan, and how the curse of this house affects anyone who basically steps in it. And we get through the various stories how it how it basically torments different types of people, and follows them no matter where. And we get just it's basically a movie full of just great like haunted house set pieces where mm-hmm. this is how the ghost appears to some people, how it gets to others. And there's not really that much of a plot. There's definitely some backstory that's built in that we get some of towards the end of the movie, but it's not... Because that's one of the things they changed in the American version when they remade it, is they tried to give it a bit more of a conventional wraparound plot 
with something that resembles more of a main character whereas the original movie kind of jumps around characters in each sort of vignette because it's like hey this is just this vignette now um and there is some sort of stuff that you pick up on that connects to them and sort of like builds an overall picture but uh it's just a wonderfully directed movie with how can what's the most effective like ghost story stuff we can do in each each part of this and let's just sort of try and wow the audience and it works so well this one time <laughs> it really does <laughs> the sequels ain't so hot and the attempts to recreate it i mean the, the american remake's okay but that's, that's partly because it's just doing mostly the same stuff again just with some slight differences and you know here yeah. or there although uh, uh yeah the honestly yeah i think the sequels suck but uh mm-hmm. surprisingly the like prequel tv show actually pretty good oh yeah yeah we did that uh <laughs> yeah uh on that on netflix yeah um uh not bad not bad at all uh uh and it did kind of its own thing and i, I yeah. would recommend it. it's only six episodes and they're only like what half an hour long each give or take it's not so, yeah some even yeah shorter uh, yeah. Like, some that were just like about like 20-ish minutes i think yeah they don't have much of an ending admittedly i think either they didn't know how to end it or they're just planning for more and that's fine but yeah mm-hmm. uh, i'd recommend it but no the original movie which notably is not the original Juon movie, because Juon does have the yes. curse before this, but Juon mm-hmm. the Grudge is kind of the one that hit it big <clears throat> and got the reputation that led to a remake and so on and so on. So, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I'll shut up now because I feel like Tim's going to talk about this more <laughs> later. So I'll just say, Tim, sure. what is your number seven? Uh, so it's a movie that we both like, so I would be pretty <gasps> surprised if it's not going to show up on your list. Uh, but that would be Ginger Snaps. Uh, mm. Yeah, just a terrific uh, werewolf movie. Uh, you know, it's got great characters. It's, you know, focusing on, like, you know, two teenage girls, uh, kind of outcasty growing up, and then, uh, yeah, dealing with, you know, that uh, kind of high school life, but then also, <laughs> yeah, uh, with becoming a werewolf. And, yeah, it's just, like, you know, super fun. Uh, the, you know, characters are just extremely endearing and likable, and, uh, the werewolf effects are actually pretty good, so yeah, all around very solid movie. Yes, and the whole thing's a metaphor. It's a coming of age metaphor. Werewolves, right. mm-hmm. you know, representing the 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 womanhood of the characters, and mm-hmm. they're kind of late bloomers. And yeah, so I mean, all, all that's just wonderful. Uh, and you introduce us to mm-hmm. Catherine Isabel, who become kind of like a horror uh, scream queen, I suppose. Even though mm-hmm. it's debatable how much like stuff after this she did that was really worth like like a whole lot i mean she was in american mm-hmm. mary she was in they had a small part in front of east jason she's popped up in you know things here or there but uh nothing's ever been quite as like main sh- or iconic and like as, as as loved as ginger snaps as i don't think yeah. um but and then uh, yeah like the other sister too uh i apologize I, I forget her name i think it's emily something uh but i mean you know she's got some chops too she was in the original it miniseries and uh she was a recurring character on Supernatural, so yeah. So wait, she must <laughs> she must have been super young, and oh, she was one of the kids, I assume, in the original it then. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah no, she. No, they're, they're both good. Uh, it's just sort of stood out to me for is like one of the only good werewolf movies for a long time, and there's still a, sure. there's still quite a short list. Um, even though I've seen a couple other good ones in the last couple of years, but uh, <laughs> this was one that I I I saw. It was on the Sci Fi Channel, uh, on TV. Uh, <laughs> And I just sort of had it on as I was doing something. And about by the time I got about half an hour into it, I just was drawn into the movie and ended up stopping what I was doing and just watched the movie, which, you know, mm-hmm. 
Uh, I, I do miss that happening to me. That's one of the things of not having like channels and or I mean yeah. we have channels, but I don't really have them. I don't. <coughs> I don't bother with cable or, or caring about any of that shit. Right. Uh, the one thing I do miss is like just sort of catching things like that and like sort of being drawn into it. But then again, yeah. we have a lot more ways to like find movies these days where people recommend them. Yeah, you know, like we didn't have podcasts then telling us what the movies were worth watching. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, whereas now, you know, there's a lot of sources of that information. But I, I do miss that discovery that you sometimes had. But then again, we watched a lot of shit that way too. So, mm-hmm. you know, there, there was a <laughs> still going through a minefield kind of aspect to it. Yeah. Um, but that just stuff is great. Uh, my number seven is uh, a Japanese film by the name of Dark War. Uh, this is from the same director, Hadino Nakata, who did The Ring, or just Ring or Ringu, depending on how you pronounce it. And this was actually... That, I mean, a lot of this might be a personal attachment thing, because this might be the first like foreign horror film I ever saw. But I remember watching this... Uh, like I, I bought the DVD from a supermarket back in the early days, days of DVD, and being excited to have this weird, different, like, non-mainstream thing and just watching it. And it's just this ghost story of, of you know, like, this this ghost above the apartment, kind of, and the, the, the water coming down from the, the roof or whatever, or the apartment above. And it's just super creepy. I just, I, I drew into the story and I was, I was just, I was kind of into it. And, yeah, obviously, The Ring is the one that's got all the the, the prestige and is the one that got... I mean, Dark Water got remade as well. I never saw the Jennifer Connelly remake of, of Dark Water. I think <laughs> it's I'm probably, really bad. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably better off for not having seen it. Uh, no doubt we'll end up having to do it at some point. I don't know. Just, like, as much as I keep saying about the good movies, like, oh, we'll do this at some point because we should talk about this great <laughs> movie. All the bad things we mentioned are all equally viable yeah. down the line, <laughs> which hurts, but... Um, no, Dark Water, uh, it left a mark on me, and it was kind of like my first window into this different type of movie making, just this different feel and different type of storytelling, and it felt it felt foreign. It felt like it was a, a different style and, and uh, type of like city in a movie that I just didn't typically get to see, mm. and it made all those things feel special. So you know, I admit that this is maybe a bit higher than otherwise should be because I have that special attachment to it, but uh, you know, it was it was a great first introduction, and it's one that stuck with me. So. Uh, dark war yeah uh i i saw this uh, a long time ago at this point honestly i remember not being like too crazy about it um i mean kind of the opposite of you i, I might have seen it at a time when i was getting kind of burnt out of mm. like you know all these movies so maybe um yeah maybe i had the the uh reverse effect but i, mean, I wouldn't say it's a bad movie by any means but just i remember it not hitting me that hard when i saw it but who knows maybe it's time for a rewatch soon yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, what's your number seven? Or oh, sorry, six. Uh, so you already mentioned it, uh, but my number six is the descent. Uh, yeah, I mean, for all the reasons you know that you said earlier, uh, you know, just a terrific movie. Um, and again, like you know, there's cool horror monster stuff in it, but just the, uh, it's just directed so well before that though. Just uh, the feelings of like claustrophobia, claustrophobia, and like uh you know darkness and being down in that like cave is just so um yeah like unsettling it really gets you uh yeah even though you know you're watching it in not even remotely similar setting so uh yeah no really good movie i still love it still you know watch it every now and again and uh yeah like, like you said before too it's a shame that um you know marshall really hasn't followed up with anything uh as good yeah. as this because yeah, I remember after seeing this, just being like, "Oh wow, like yeah, sign me up for anything this guy does." 
but yeah because i i saw like his next couple of films in theaters i saw doomsday in theaters i saw centurion yeah. in theaters and they're both okay yeah but like i mean doomsday especially is just like uh, here's an escape from the new york knockoff uh mm-hmm. set in the uk like that's all it was uh yeah you know, and Centurion again had an impressive cast like Fastbender was in there before I knew who Fastbender was. But <laughs> yeah, so, so and of course you went on to make that awful, awful uh, Hellboy movie. But anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> my number, <laughs> my number six, not that far from where you had it, is uh, Ginger Snaps. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, Ginger Snaps is a wonderful uh, little film. Again, I kind of already talked about it, so I won't say much here. Just the, uh, I think the music's wonderful. I think the, the performances are great. And I think it's got that personal touch where I think that focusing on a couple of teen girls or having to hide this as if it's a secret from their parents and them kind of being kind of edgy and macabre and their relationship breaking down and all the ways it does tie into like growing up and it being an analogy for uh, coming of age of like one of the sisters becoming more of a of a sexually active woman versus the other one and how that kind of you know as a rift between them and all those things. I think I think it's a, a wonderful little film and. Uh, still, maybe my favorite werewolf movie. Mm-hmm. Certainly top two. I'd have to sure. really think about it to pick a favorite, but yeah. So it's probably not number three for me, but my, I just I I love Silver Bullet <laughs> so much. But <laughs> not not saying it's a better movie, but man, I love it. Ah, <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm never going to be too mad that Gary Busey is uh, <laughs> being represented. Uh, of course. So. There you go. Uh, that is uh, my number six. What's your number five? Um, so I'm sure this is going to be high on, on your list. Uh, uh-huh. I mean, honestly, like our top fives are probably going to be pretty similar, I assume, because there's yeah. like some pretty big movies that neither of us have mentioned yet. <laughs> uh, but my number five is Wreck. Um, yeah, just man, just really, really solid, entertaining found footage movie. Uh you know, it, it's creepy, it's effective, it's original. Um, and yeah, I don't want to give it away, but like, I really like, you know, the, the ending, uh, you know, I mm-hmm. wouldn't have guessed, you know, where it goes, but I think it's really good and really creepy. And, um, yeah, you know, the, it, it's funny, like when, you know, at the start of this year, uh, you know, the pandemic started and a lot of people were, yeah, like I, I would see people talking about like, oh, hey, I'm going to go watch like a Contagion again or like <laughs> Virus or like those kind of movies. Like I always was surprised that like not more people were watching Wreck because I was like, get, like Wreck is 2020. Like that's what it, like, <laughs> it feels like you're be, being trapped inside your house. You can't go outside. They're like, you know, cops will shoot you <laughs> if you go outside. Like, yeah, it's <laughs> I don't know. It feels very uh, ahead of its time. Yeah, um, I will just say this right now. Wreck is also my number five. So, oh, okay. Uh, there we go. That's always happens I love at least when once. They line up. Yeah, that's yeah. always happens at least once where we end up with the exact same movie on the same entry. Uh, now, Wreck's wonderful. Everything I said about the sequels, uh, you know, even more true for the first one. And I, I, I completely agree. The ending, the last like five, ten minutes of this movie, just throws a sort of curveball in a really interesting way that changes what the 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 origin of a zombie movie typically is but even before that you have this movie that's all set in one place it's definitely one of the best found footage movies and it, it's different from a lot of the other ones because it's more visceral and i think so many found footage movies try to do the uh the ghost they try to do the, the spooky things mm-hmm. happening in the background 
And I like that this came along and said, no, let's just take a, take a different genre. Let's do zombies. Let's do zombie found footage. And I'm sure there's been other zombie found footage maybe since that have been bad, but this oh, yeah. does it in such a, 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 a way where I think the lead actress who's obviously on camera most of the time is, is very good. And they, they give it a reason where they're actually journalists, so it explains why they're filming longer. Because once stuff starts going down, they're like, oh, this is great footage. We can use this. Yeah. Like, you know, so... It, it justifies the found footage element much further than most movies typically do, even the ones that totally. I like. So, uh, yeah. there you go. That's a uh, wreck. Highly recommend it. Highly get it. Highly wreck. <laughs> Omend it. Uh, there you go. What's your number four? Uh, that would be Let the Right One In. Um, honestly, this might be like one of the best vampire movies uh, ever made. Um, it's a uh, geez, I I forget what country it's from. Is it Swedish? Norwegian? Swedish, Swedish, yes. Yeah, um, but yeah, it, it's just a yeah, a great little vampire story. You know, it's yeah, this uh, you know, outcast kid is getting picked on, and uh, this kind of mysterious girl uh, you know, moves uh next door to him, who turns out to be a vampire, and um, uh, yeah, they they start having like a weird little relationship, but then uh yeah so it's really interesting and just really sucks you in and then but there's also some really cool creepy kills and stuff and like i and i love this kind of like bleak snowy setting uh yeah i want to call the whole country <laughs> bleak but uh there is like this kind of like i don't know quiet snowy like uh <laughs> disturbing uh uh, setting of it all and uh yeah really cool like it a lot <laughs> no um it's just a wonderful film it's uh i mean it might be the best vampire movie <laughs> i mean yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it really <laughs> might be and you know someday we're going to do you know right now we've been sticking to decade list we are at some mm -hmm. point going to switch and do our top 20 vampire top 20 zombie movies stuff mm -hmm. like that and I think this is going to be very high on that list when we get there. And, you know, I don't totally. know. I haven't yeah. thought about it too much yet. I haven't sat down and said, okay, this is what my mm -hmm. definite top five, top ten is. But uh, it'd be fascinating to see when that, that comes. So, uh, my number five, oh, sorry, number four. I would say I'm forgetting mm -hmm. we skipped because we did five at the same time. Uh, <laughs> my number four is a film that I am expecting to you to have as well. And that is The House of the Devil, mm -hmm. which is the Ty West film, which I, you know, I discovered a little bit later. Um, this might have even been another one of those rentals. <laughs> you know, the, <laughs> right at the end of the 2000s, start of the 2010s is when I was doing a lot of renting uh, via post. But uh, this is one of the most authentically like made period pieces I have seen. It just it feels like it was made in the time it's set, which is like the late 70s, early 80s. It feels like that time. And it's such a slow burn in the best possible way. Uh, the, the, the tension, you know, if there's a complaint to be made is that like the ending can't really do anything other than not screw it up because... Like, yeah. you know, I think the ending is everyone's least favorite part of the movie. Not because it's bad, just because it's not as special as the rest of the film. It's, mm -hmm. you know, it's fine. It's fine. But the rest of it, all the build, the slow draw in, uh, the, the way it ties into the time period of the satanic panic and all that. Uh, but even just the opening titles, the font they use, the, the, the way the film looks and her walking around with her old-fashioned Walkman listening to this music as it freeze frames, like... It just it gets you in that mood of what the, this movie is like, the feeling of the, the error that it wants you to feel like you're a part of and, and be in, you know, enthralled in. And that's that's what it is. So, uh, no, very good. And the lead actress does a really good job. So. She's great, yeah. Yeah. So, 
That's what I might uh, know before. Yeah. No, I mean, I yeah, I love this movie. I'll. <laughs> who knows? Maybe I'll be talking about it soon. There's <laughs> <laughs> not a lot of numbers left. So, uh, what is your number three? Uh, so, uh, it's nice to get a little bit more, uh, Stephen King representation here. Uh, my number three is The Mist. Uh, man, one of the funnest, uh, you know, creature movies out there. Uh, it's, uh, it's great. Almost feels like a zombie movie in, in a way. Cause you know, you have all these like characters hold up, uh, you know, in, in this store trying to fend off. But, uh, yeah, instead of zombies, you have these kind of, uh, like tentacle, bug monsters that are coming out of this uh mist that's just surround like enveloping uh the city and uh yeah i mean i i think frank darabont is such a great director man i really wish we could get more stuff from him um I, like I, I don't know if it's like legal stuff that he uh hasn't done anything lately uh but um yeah th this was just such a, a good movie and um yeah, you know, I love watching it. I love watching it in black and white. Uh, you know, the the cast is great. You know, Thomas Jane, um, the uh, who, uh, the what's the name of the uh actor that plays neighbor Andre Brower Holt. Uh, Holt, yeah, from <laughs> Brooklyn Nine Nine. It, it's so weird seeing him not as that character, but yes. yeah, he, he's so good in this. And then uh, yeah, and it's you know one of those things that also like you know, kind of plays up that you know this angle of uh you know like all right what happens to humanity in these situations when you break down and start turning on each other and uh and you know obviously you know we won't say what happens here but oof the ending my god the <laughs> i remember like yeah well, i saw this uh actually i saw it twice in theaters I, I i forget who i saw it with the first time but i just remember just being like just pin drop silence <laughs> you know when the ending happens like everyone's just like no do we just did we just see that? Are they really going to make us like leave the theater after seeing that? And, uh, the second time I, I saw it was with a, uh, a girl, uh, who, uh, yeah, I just remember, uh, as soon as the lights came up, she's just like drying her eyes. She was just like, damn it. <laughs> like, why do we have to see that? Uh, and that's why that girl is not your current wife. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it was that exactly. movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, The Mist is also my number three. So that's the second time on this list nice. that we have lined up. Uh, no, The Mist is fantastic. The Mist is, when I saw it, it, it was it kind of completely blew me away because it's all the things I love. It's that Night of the Living Dead trapped in the building mm -hmm. with, obviously it's a bigger group of characters, but it's the same sort of idea where you have these factions almost form. You have this religious zealot who's like one of the, honestly, one of the like my most hated movie villains of like the last oh, twenty yeah. years. I hate her so much. She's so horrible. Yeah. Um, and then you have that ending. You have like, every time they have to risk something. They have to, you know, someone has to like venture into the mess because they need supplies or they need to get something mm -hmm. from another store, and it's so tense. And all of it is just everything I love about these types of horror movies and. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, I love it. And yeah, Frank Darabont, like, he, you know, between this and Shawshank, mm -hmm. and then Silent Hill to a lesser extent, but Green Mile is still fantastic. Like, you know, yeah. the, the, the dude, like, makes these movies out of Stephen King's works that I, I really hope he does something else. Not even necessarily Stephen King, but I just, I hope he makes at least one more banger of a movie before he's done. Yeah, like, I, I mean, I don't know how much weight there is to this, but I, I think I heard someone saying on a podcast that, um, because he you know tried to sue amc for the walking dead that mm. uh like hollywood doesn't really want to 
touch him I, like you, you know sometimes like uh there might be some bad uh bad it might be harder to get work if you're like oh this guy might sue us or whatever but yeah life finds um, a way just come on frank get get some yeah. really fun you uh a movie <laughs> Yeah, because I, I mean, that's like, uh, yeah, I would love to see him do more horror stuff. But I mean, even if not that, like, uh, yeah, obviously, like Shawshank and Green Mile aren't horror movies and they're still like amazing. And uh, yeah, really, I would just like to see him do anything <laughs> at this point. Yeah, sure. Uh, what's your number two? So you already mentioned it a, a little bit ago, but uh, House of the Devil. Jeez. <laughs> uh, and honestly, it, this was tough uh, between this and my number one. I, I kind of went back and forth a, a little bit because uh house of the devil <clears throat> i feel like it's something i appreciate more and more every time i watched it and the first time i watched it i liked it a lot <laughs> you know mm. but it's a it, it's a strange movie that like i crave like there are times when i'm just like you know i, I want to watch house of the devil tonight <laughs> it's just <laughs> uh and, and it's like for everything you said like the, the main character is so likable and you know uh, it, it's so creepy it's very patient like you know it's kind of a slow burn movie but i mean it's not long or anything but it's like you know there's you know like there's a good while where there's like not a ton happening but it is so it envelops you so much just because of the look and the feel and uh the atmosphere and again it is like one of those things where if you just if someone has no idea what it is and you just show it to them and say oh hey did you ever see this movie from the 70s like they're gonna they're not gonna question it at all and which i think is just so impressive because <clears throat> i feel like you know so many people will try to do like hey here's an 80s movie and they just use like some digital you know like um wipe over the screen or something uh to try to make it look like that it just feels very forced and whatever but like this i mean whatever they did it feels so authentic and then uh oh and, and tom noonan is so great in it <laughs> i love him he plays such a good bad guy uh yeah just man really really great movie I, i'm definitely going to be watching it at some point this month uh i'm kind of saving it for like a day that i need it <laughs> uh, but 2020 yeah. is just getting you down too much that's the day you yeah. put on house of the devil uh and the pizza and it looks so good sometimes pizza looks gross in movies but oh man when they're eating the pizza here i'm just like oh i want pizza this is a great movie to order pizza watch i do, I do miss pizza sometimes and movies can sometimes make it difficult <laughs> To not, not give up yeah. on my choice to give up pizza. Don't uh, watch the opening of uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> For the record, it's, it's cheese that I gave up specifically. I didn't really give up pizza itself, but uh, knock on effect. Is mm. the <laughs> pizza is also the question. There's a when a in Rhode Island there was a uh, th there's this thing called pizza bread that people would bring to like potlucks and stuff a lot, and I hate it. It's like just this really doughy bread with sauce and no cheese on it and most people like just eat it cold Ooh, and right. i really really hate it but like anytime you do like a, a work lunch or a potluck or something there always would be someone that'd be like hey i got pizza bread and i was just like you're worthless <laughs> you're worthless <laughs> um all right so that was your number number two uh for the record i didn't know I, I, I knew what your number one was i guess that like at the start of this list and <laughs> i'm just, just confirmed now because you've not mentioned it yet uh yeah. <laughs> so my number two is one that you mentioned a while ago and this might seem high to some people but my number two is bubba hotep i oh, nice. <laughs> love bubba hotep. i think this movie has so much heart there's moments mm -hmm. in this where like the musical ramp up and like 
Bruce Campbell will give a little bit of a speech like in his narration, uh, talking about saving souls, or it's just this wonderful, like, this idea that he's saving the souls of all these people who are going to die relatively soon because they're in a, like this old folks home. <laughs> but yeah. he's like, you know, we're going to save the souls of everyone here because they deserve to have their souls and they deserve to go wherever they're going. Um, there's so much heart in it, and it's redemption story for this aging Elvis who gets to do something <laughs> like, for, with, with his life before the end. It's, I don't know. It's just everything about it I love. I love so much. And um, Don Carscarelli, who directed, of course, who did the Phantasm movies, like, I, I didn't, I didn't think like he would make something that I would like more than Phantasm, but I do. <laughs> I actually, I, I think Papa Hotep's somehow even better than Phantasm, and I love Phantasm, yeah. but Papa Hotep, so it's a wonderful gem of a film. Yeah, and it's, it's one of these yeah, things where totally I, there's so many low budget movies now that suck that, like, <laughs> that no, there's like low budget can be great, and this is an example of a low budget, oh, yeah. you know, dirt cheap movie that is amazing. So, Papa Hotep, ladies and gentlemen, totally. Which does lead us to number one. So I'm going to ask you to just read your, recap your list from 20. Okay. And when you get to number one, reveal what it is. Okay, so number 20 was Freddy vs. Jason, followed by Pontypool, Session 9, Martyrs, Paranormal Activity, Trick or Treat, 28 Days Later, Bubba Hotep, Drag Me to Hell, 1408, Norai, The Curse, The Eye, Inside, Ginger Snaps, The Descent, Wreck, let the right one in the mist house of the devil and my number one jew on the grudge ah. so yeah you, you mentioned it earlier and um you know i mean it's no surprise i think when we did our top you know, 100 favorite horror movies or whatever i think this was like also my number two or three on there uh i really love this movie i think i mean i i, I love a, a good haunted house movie and this honestly is like one of the best uh versions of that and um, I, I think one of the reasons why I like it so much, and this actually was something I was thinking about when I was watching like all like the One Miss Call movies and stuff, is I really love the Japanese horror movie like uh, aesthetic and mm-hmm. like atmosphere and stuff. But a lot of the movies like Ring and One Miss Call, and um, if I remember correctly, I want to say like maybe Dark Water too, it, it gets so wrapped up in this mystery that they're trying to solve. Uh, and I just, I usually don't care about it, uh, that much. Um, whereas like Juan, like, it's just like, you know, you don't like, I mean, like, you know, you learn some backstory and stuff, but really it is just like, you know, hit after hit after hit of like, all right, here's like a a creepy thing that's going to happen. Boom. Next character. All right. Here's a creepy thing that's going to happen to him. Like you said, it's almost like anthology, like, uh, in, in the way it kind of showcases, you can yeah, almost say it's kind of slasher movie esque in the sense that it's really just about sure, like yeah. how is it going to get this next person? You know, how's yeah. it how's it going to get to this next person? So or even fail destination. Like how's it going to get to this next one? Yeah, and then and I think like the big thing for me too is just that you know as you know being jaded horror fans and stuff, you know, there's very little that still creeps you out. It gets under your skin, but uh, yeah, there's like you know, I mean, really like this whole movie like still like you know gives me tingles if I you know, watch it uh, alone at night or whatever, you know, mm. it still uh, sticks with me. But yeah, I, mean, I, I love it. Like you said, you know, uh, unfortunately <laughs> the sequels are pretty bad, but I was happy to get the uh, uh, the TV show out of it. I, I thought, I, I mean, obviously not as good as a movie, but I was surprised at how how much I like that. Oh yeah, it was. It was, uh, it was good. So 
and of course, uh, you know, eventually we got the infamous uh, Kayako versus Sadako movie, which uh, <laughs> was a lot of fun. <laughs> definitely, I def- it's definitely. I mean, obviously, this is an obvious comparison, but it's very much the Freddy vs. Jason of the yes of the yeah. Ringing Grudge <laughs> franchises. So, but hey, is what it is. Uh, so. Yeah, I guess that leads to my number one, or my uh, recap, getting to my number one. So, uh, twi- it was The Collector, 19 was Martyrs, 18 was High Tension, 17 was Pulse, 16 was Slither, 15 was Frailty, 14 Rec 2, 13 The Strangers, 12 Jason X, 11 Failed Decision 2, 10 Shaun of the Dead, 9 The Descent, 8 Juon The Grudge, 7 Dark Water, 6 Ginger Snaps, 5 Wreck, 4 House of the Devil, 3 The Mist, 2 Bubba Hotep, and my number one no points for anyone who guessed this because it's kind of obvious but let the right one in is you know and i did let the right one in to my number one spot (laughs) thank you very much yes i'll be here all week folks but no this is a phenomenal vampire movie that has the the dark tragedy where you're kind of rooting for the the relationship between eli (laughs) and the vampire and but then of course you have this thing where uh Oh, sorry, Eli is the vampire. Oscar's the, the kid. But anyway, the point mm-hmm. making is that you're rooting for that relationship, but it's kind of this darkness. And when you get to the end of the movie and you look back at it, you realise what it's really been about. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, this is actually kind of sad and kind of kind of, <laughs> kind of a tragedy in a lot of ways. But at the same time, this kid needs help so much because he's bullied and he needs this this person in his life. And mm-hmm. the, the whole thing is just a wonderful <laughs> dark tale that is visually stunning. The, the snowy locations give it like a feeling, a vibe. Uh, the the vampire kills are really cool and, and, and visceral, and it's one of the things where Let the Right One in the remake by Matt Reeves is a really well made movie and has a really standout mm. sequence that's not in the original, but it feels mostly redundant. But one of the big negatives of it that's actively I think quite poor compared to the original is that they add this sort of like CG vampire jumping around kind of thing yeah. at a couple of points, <coughs> and this movie is so wonderfully like understated in how it handles that stuff. That it just it feels more real. It feels more uh, like I say, visceral is the word I'd use. So, uh, yeah. let the right one in is a the, beautifully dark film. Yeah, like the the one scene I always think about is like a there. There's a scene at the hospital where I think it's like the nurse is outside smoking, and then mm-hmm. if you look at yeah you know, at the back of the hospital building, you see uh, you know Ellie like climbing up the walls, and it's like yeah, it's very understated. You can easily miss it if you're not looking for it. But yeah, I, I just love that uh it looks so much better than yeah if you're like drawing attention to it and showing like the cgi girl (laughs) like climbing up the walls like yeah i just love that kind of that feeling of like oh no like this is a world where like things are happening in the background and you know if you're not paying attention to it you might miss it yeah so no i i uh i i love it i love it really (laughs) as you as you'd imagine and that is our top (laughs) 20 movies of the 2000s or 20 horror movies specifically the 2000s mm-hmm. so hopefully you enjoyed our lists and you've got your own picks that you want to mention in the comments and all that kind of stuff but yeah um i think this could be uh could, could be one of our best yet no <laughs> no actually honestly obviously it's worth celebrating these movies but i think looking at this decade mm-hmm. it's made me realize just how how fortunate we were in the 2010s yeah, you know, <clears throat> the the funny thing is, is uh, I think there's a lot of movies in the 2000s that, um, 
honestly just didn't like stand the test of time because like it like if you would have asked me in like you know 2010 or something i probably would have said like oh yeah like you know the texas chainsaw massacre remake or the dawn of the dead remake like you know those were movies i, I generally liked when they come out but you watch them now and it's just yeah you know they just don't hold the same weight uh so yeah i mean i feel like at least for like a lot of the more bigger popular kind of horror movies from that time there they were either not good or if you watch them now they just don't really hold up yeah in my opinion that that's why like you know a lot of the stuff on the list is like smaller indie stuff you know like you know or, or like foreign stuff that maybe like wasn't as big i feel yeah I, I do think the one advantage that the 2000s has over and maybe that's just because it was harder if like wean out the good ones but mm-hmm. i do feel that there was a higher portion of my considered list and what's in the list itself are foreign movies compared to the 2010s mm-hmm. i feel like the 2010s I didn't necessarily find as many great form. I mean, there's obviously some. Obviously, mm-hmm. we had Trey Busan, we had uh, you know, a bunch of stuff. But yeah, that that's kind of interesting. And I think part of that is that I think I feel like at least for us in our generation, we really mm-hmm. discovered foreign horror movies. At, you know, early two thousands with the oh, sure. the, the yeah. Asian stuff, Japanese mostly, but definitely some of the other places too. Yeah. Uh, and then of course we would you know we sought out European horror throughout the, the decade, and I think it really boomed at that point and i wonder if that stuff kind of died off a little bit in terms of how much was getting made and therefore there's less of it in the 2010s mm-hmm. uh but there was a lot of good stuff in the 2010s overall and definitely a lot more kind of high brow horror you know you think of stuff like hereditary or oh yeah uh, you know stuff stuff of that nature like i don't think the two thousands didn't have anything like that. It's it's kind no. of, <laughs> and I, you know, as much as we make fun of a lot of Bloomhouse's movies, I do wonder if like Bloomhouse churning out so many movies, and some of them are the ones that ended up on like our best of list. Mm. You know, are they in some way responsible for just how much there was, both Maybe, good yeah. and bad? You know, like so, yeah. it's it's fascinating to to look at. So, um, of course, the twenty tens maybe greatest failing is that a lot of the big icon iconic franchises just weren't around like there wasn't a single yeah. jason movie i mean for nightmare on elm street had one in the, in 2010 this is the remake but nothing after that yeah. like a lot of these big franchises weren't around uh the one surprisingly that did quite well at least for us was the chucky movies because i feel like it had a couple oh, of yeah, good, yeah. good movies <laughs> and then even the reboot wasn't too bad so surprising yeah uh but a lot of the other stuff not so much uh that said, I do love Texas Chainsaw 3D, and I will stick up for that that lovely, wonderfully bad movie any day of the week. But yeah, yeah. And, and I'm surprised. Uh, you know, a big one neither of us mentioned on this countdown was uh the Ring, which was what kind of, you know, I I feel like that's what led a lot of people to you know seek out these these Japanese horror movies. But um, that remake isn't that good. I'm just gonna say no. it. Yeah, it's uh, I again like if you would have asked me in 2005 i would have been like oh hell yeah that movie rules but yeah uh watching it now it's just it's like oh yeah this I mean, isn't great <laughs> if the original was in the 2000s it'd be on there but that was 1998 so yeah mm-hmm. but it wasn't eligible so but now you're yeah you're right there's definitely some movies that i think because even the, the texas chainsaw remake i mean we i think we said that when we reviewed it if you'd asked me in the late 2000s like what did you think of that i said oh it was surprisingly pretty decent but yeah. when we went back and watched that for review a couple of years ago, we were like, damn, this this is quite bad. It doesn't hold up. I hate, I kind of dislike it immensely. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I just think it's kind of funny because like, I feel like you don't get that same stuff from the 2010s. I mean, maybe we're too close to it now to feel that. But I mean, yeah, I can't imagine myself in a couple of years being like, 
oh yeah, I just went back and rewatched Hereditary. Oh man, that was bad, you know? Like, I'd have to go back yeah. and look at my top 50 again, but the, the fact that we were even able to do we both comfortably did top 50s for the 2010s, yeah. that says, so. Even, even if like 10 of our list, even if a fifth of our list end up like aging poorly and we look back and don't like them as much mm-hmm. later, that's still so much better than the 2000s. That's true, yeah. Still so much better, so... Um, I don't want to shout into it, because obviously there's some great movies here, and it's better than the 90s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we, we did do Top 50 of the 80s quite comfortably, and maybe it's just because the, the the goofier stuff in the 80s was so much fun, and we love that, that, you know, yeah. it is what it is. But um, I think the goal is to try and, like, maybe fill in some 90s blacks, blanks before next October so mm-hmm. that we can do a... We can do a, a top 90s list, or at least a top 25, hopefully. Sure. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, so I will say this though. No, obviously, I expect that our October thun next year will be probably a little bit smaller than it has been in years past, <laughs> just because uh, mm. Tim's life is changing a little bit. But I do, because <laughs> this is the last thing out this October. Mm. So it's maybe a good place as any to like congratulate Tim that he's becoming a well, father. Thank you. And <laughs> sort of everyone can obviously there's details there's, there's a Patreon post and like what's happening with the show over the next you know the start of 2021 we'll probably talk about that more as we get closer to it but sure um but I do want to ask though because mm-hmm. you this year ha- made the insane choice to try and watch five movies a day so you'd see 150 <laughs> movies and one yeah. of the one of the the responses I saw when I posted the the news about the show and what's going to happen as a result of this mm-hmm. was that. Well, I've got a funny feeling this is the last year Tim's going to be doing five movies a day in October, and oh. <laughs> I suspect well, they may be right. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, well, that's one of the reasons why uh, I wanted to do it. It's a, I, I, it, it's a combination of a lot of different things. One is I, I've always wanted to watch a hundred movies, a uh, hundred horror movies during October, and I. I've definitely done times where I've done like eighties, maybe even ninety-ish, but I don't think I've ever hit a hundred. But mm. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, the big thing, obviously, is the pandemic is I'm stuck at home all the time. Uh, and, you know, so even during work, like, yeah, I can just throw a movie on while I'm working. Like, most of the stuff I do is pretty, you know, like, monotonous. So it's not like, a, yeah, I can usually, like, watch a movie while I'm doing that. So it, it's actually not that difficult to do that challenge. But, I mean, yeah, th- there's all that stuff to put together, but then also the fact that, yeah, I definitely don't think I'll be able to watch that many movies uh, starting next year. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. That's the October <laughs> thought. That's, that's the kind of the, the big thing here is that, uh, you know, we it, 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 it shrank a little bit towards the end uh, mm. in terms of how many episodes we planned because we're banking a lot more for Tim's paternity leave mm. uh, in early 2021. <laughs> Uh, which is what we're going to be doing a lot of for the rest of the year, but hopefully you'll barely feel the effect. Outside of a couple of Patreon perks being sort of on pause for a while, you should hopefully not feel that much of an effect, and there'll be tons of episodes still coming out next year. Um, mm. And obviously when Tim gets back, we're going to have to do a lot of evil kid movies just to oh, sure. you know, tie into yeah. <laughs> the world and his life and whatnot. But, <laughs> uh, no, but hopefully you had fun with the Octoberthon 2020 uh and uh, hopefully octoberthon 2021 is not only is good because we have a lot of cool movies to do next year but is also at a time when the world is in a much better place because let's face it mm-hmm. 2020 has been a bit of a gauntlet for bad news and horrible mm-hmm. things and our collective psyche is all taking a beating this year i think i feel like we're all hoping that this time next year we can all say we're in a better place 
Mm-hmm. But I still enjoy horror movies in October. Sure. So. Yep. <laughs> there you go. Um. So that is that is us. That is uh, uh that is it. And uh, thank you very much for joining us for this October thon. Thank you. Hopefully, you enjoyed the countdown, and enjoy everything that's coming up uh over the next while. So. So keep watching scary movies. Obviously, I mean, I usually my usual spiel at the end here is you know check out patreon.com slash mailfest TV, uh, and also like and subscribe and all that stuff. And thanks to the Patreon producers, which I guess I'll still do actually. I, I shouldn't just not do that. Uh, so thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Short, Borden, Al Trisman, Christopher Moy, Brett Williams, and David Brown, uh, for being Patreon producers at the time of recording. But uh, that is us. So thank you once again for watching or listening. Have a happy Halloween, and we'll see you next time.